The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Discover the power within Unity Online Radio The voice of an awakening world Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations Be present The Diane Ray Show Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today. So if you regularly check in with me here on the show from time to time, you know that I'm very interested in spiritual traditions and different religions. And I talk about it all the time. I work with a great spiritual organization here, Unity. So I've always been interested. And actually, a few years ago, I went to this event called the Parliament of the World Religions. And there was over 200 faith traditions represented there, all different kinds of uh, Wiccans, Buddhist, uh, I think maybe even a, no, maybe not Scientologist. I don't know. There was a sprinkling of all kinds of things there. So it was just, it, it was like a buffet of, uh, of religions out there. It was amazing. And I was just so immersed in it. It was so interesting. But one of the religions and traditions I've always been interested in is the practice of Wicca. And this is a nature-based religion with roots going back thousands of years to pre-Christianity and the Druids. And in the Wiccan spiritual tradition, there's something called the Book of Shadows. And this is a book containing religious text and instructions for magical rituals found within the Wiccan religion. Initially, when Wicca was dominated by covens, there was one book for the entire coven, and it was kept by the high priestess or high priest. And today, it's really a lot more modern. Uh, many people are solitary practitioners, and the Book of Shadows can be more personal with affirmations or different practices that are meaningful to the individual owner. So all of this is going to make sense, trust me. So a friend of mine gave me a copy of a book called The Wild Woman's Book of Shadows. And this is a collection of rituals and practices gathered from many different women by the author, Melissa Kim Corder. And I've been reading it over and having a lot of fun with it because I love rituals and all of that kind of stuff. So one of the participants in the book is my guest today, and her name is Erin Christine, and she's an author, a speaker, and a certified transformational life coach who's going to talk about her contribution to the book and also her work in other areas. So I'm interested to hear about this. And welcome to the show, Erin. Thanks for, for joining me today. 
Thank you, Diane. I'm so glad to be here. Super excited. And, and sitting through my long roundabout intro <laughs> to get uh, to get to the Wild Woman's Book of Shadows. But I'm, I'm interested in this, and I've been reading your story and a lot of the other um, women that have participated in the book. And I wanted to find out, how did you get specifically interested in transformation and, and then how you became involved in this project? Oh, my goodness. So we're going back to transformation. Um, 1995, when my grandmother passed away, I was 20 years old. And about six months after her passing, I started seeing things, just, you know, chairs moving out of, you know, rocking chairs moving out of the corner of my eye and things moving around in the space where I was at. And it just, it got me curious. It got me really, really curious. And I wasn't raised in a family where we went to church or had a faith in anything. So I, I had no direction. I had nothing except my curiosity. So nobody, I mean, you had nobody to really talk to about what was happening, these things that you were seeing. So you just had to kind of process it on your own. Well, growing up, my mom had always told us that my grandmother just knew things that she was Welsh and she just knows things, but she would never tell us anything more than that. And I don't honestly know that she knew, you know, these might've just been things that my grandmother had never had the courage to voice. But so that, that was the spark though. Yes. And you've yes. been studying uh, different modalities and we're going to send people to your website too, so they can check this out, erinchristine.org. And you've spent over 20 years kind of immersed in, in this world, right? Yes. Yes. It's, it's been a crazy curious ride. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> and we want to hear a little bit more about that. So how did you get involved with this particular project, the wild woman's book of shadows? Um, well, I met Melissa about seven years ago. She came to an event at that I was holding, it was an open house. And I, you know, I, I've been dabbling in my business for over 10 years now. And so I had put on this open house and had some vendors there and she showed up and we connected very easily. And she had come to me for a reading and had a really great experience with that. And we just, we ended up becoming friends and we just were, we're like kindred spirits. And so over the years, you know, she, I watched her go through a journey of, you know, leaving her corporate job and building her business. And so when this project um, was presented, it was really an easy yes. It was, you know, I, I loved this woman. I, I love this woman still. She just has an amazing resource of, of creativity and curiosity, and she's always putting out the most wonderful things. Well, it's a really fun book, and I urge people to check this out if they're interested, because everybody that's participated in it, and your story too, we're going to talk about that, are contributing um, experiences and advice and personal rituals that they use to kind of help them make sense you know, of the world around us. And in your particular story, which I loved. I thought, I thought that was so great. You share a very mystical experience that you had of your own. And I was hoping we could talk a little bit about that because uh, it starts out where you're going into a meditation and then you actually are uh, experiencing seeing things like elementals and fairies. 
I yes. definitely want to hear about that. Yes, I was um, pregnant at the time, about seven months or so. And I had gone to see an angel reader and I'd never been to an angel reader before. And I, like I said, my curiosity was what was fueling me. And this woman told me that I had fairies flying all around me. And it was just one of those like, okay, sure. You know, I, okay. And, but she, I left her place with a lot of resources and I started in on a meditation CD and I'd never done any kind of meditating. I have, uh, I'm an overthinker. And so it's hard for me to sit still and to even sit in silence. Well, at that point it was, but um, went through this meditation. And when I opened my eyes, there was just this world I was looking at that I, I could not believe. Just. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You know, it's funny when you, when you said you had never had any meditation experience before, because I know um, a couple of meditation teachers and have worked with people and they always say that you are the best kind of student to bring in because you don't have any really preconceived ideas or, or what to expect. And so you can have these deep uh, experiences kind of right off the bat, like you did more so than someone who's like, Oh, I've done this before, or I know what I'm right. doing. And they're expecting a certain thing. Right. You went into the exercise, not really expecting anything. No. And it was a, a profound awakening to say the least, because I'm a recovering type A. I like to have all the answers. I like to know everything. And this was like blowing my mind. <laughs> wow. And how long did the, that actual experience last? I like you just opened your eyes and you were able to, to see these images. And you said in the story, you even closed your eyes and opened and opened them again to make sure you were seeing what you, what you were. It was literally seconds, maybe 30 seconds, maybe if that, I would even, I would even venture to say it was a blink of an eye. Wow. And it, it just, yeah. <laughs> so after that, the, so that really kind of, um, you know, really lit a fire for you to get some answers and delve a little bit deeper into what you experienced. Yes, absolutely. Um, I didn't know where to start though. Yeah. It's kind of overwhelming. I mean, what was your, so your experience prior to the angel reader, you had never had a reading like that before or anything like that. Um, no, I don't think so. I was doing some work with Sonny Don Johnston and I'm trying to remember the timing of it all because I think I was working with her prior to this reading, but I, I could have some of that mm. muddled because it's so, it all overlaps. Right, right. So no, that's but, it. That's interesting. So I'm curious, like with angels, because I'm still waiting to see one and I'm very open, you know, to it. I, I really want that to happen. I'd, I'd really like to see it. Um, I mean, what do you think about that? Do you, what do you think about angels? Um, I love them. <laughs> they have made their presence very known to me and in many different ways. And they've shown me that there's more to this life than what we see every day. And they've, they've helped me not be afraid to be human. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, studying angels and finding out more about them can really give people a lot of comfort 
Um, so they're, yeah, they're definitely, they're very healing. So I want to go back uh, also to the experience that you had, because there's more, there's more to it. So you saw some amazing images and, and these elementals and, um, and also kind of brought you into connection with something from the natural world, which is a bee. Yes. And I, I thought that was really cool. Cause I think that we can have that kind of communication with, with other realms. And then, and certainly if you can do that, why not other creatures? So tell us a little bit about that. How did that come about? Uh, the bees came, I want to say the bees came sometime later, but at the same point in time, bees seem to have been following me around my entire life. And as I got um, into more of my studies, I was spending more and more time outdoors and I would find, um, is that thunder? It is. I was just like, <laughs> wait a second, this is Phoenix. <laughs> um, anyway, the bees, I would find them, you know, landing on the tip of my pen while I was journaling out, you know, in a, mount, a mountain preserve that I go to quite frequently, or they were always around my face. And it got to the point over the last few years where I started noticing them flying beside my car. And I thought, are you kidding me? Like, what is, <laughs> why is there a bee flying beside my car? And I, um, I had purchased my first house in 2017. And soon after I moved in, I had a hive move in and it just, everything kind of just escalated from there with the bees. And so you can get into a state or um, maybe not a state is not really the right word or, or like a consciousness of where you can really connect with them and, and receive information. I feel like they actually facilitate it for me. And, and, and I look at it as they're, they're an extension of the Holy spirit. They're an extension of the nature that, that surrounds all of us on this planet. And so I feel like just tuning into that is, is tuning into God. Right. Right. The natural world. Well, and it's interesting that it's a bee because I mean, first of all, bees are, are really in trouble in a lot of places right now. You know, there's colony collapses and, and they're having a hard time and bees are just such an amazing you know, creature because they communicate, you know, they work together. Um, they're, they're really fascinating. So, you know, kind of tuning into them. I mean, I feel like I can do a, maybe a similar thing. I feel very connected with my pets, with my cat, you know, and sometimes I'll, I'll look at her and I'll kind of telepathically say, you know, come here or move there or something like that. And she'll do it. <laughs> and it always <laughs> freaks me out. But then why should, why should it freak you out? You know, why shouldn't we be able to have that kind of connection with other creatures? Well, and the, the, the curious thing about bees is that, I mean, it's most people would say they're not afraid of their animals at home, their pets. You know, they're not afraid that they're going to cause them any pain. And people have, you know, not just bees, but people have this kind of irrational fear towards critters and different things that might possibly cause them pain, but really not having the understanding of how 
each of them in their unique ways will show up and that, you know, they're not going to, they're not here to hurt you. They're, they got a job to do. And that was part of the big learning for me is just sitting in that space and going, okay, I'm, I'm okay here. I can, I can do this. And explain the, uh, the exercise that you share in the book, because you, you kind of want to open people's eyes to the fact that they can have these kind of experiences too. I think people sometimes will read something or they'll see a teacher, you know, a spiritual teacher or a medium or something like that. And they, I think people don't realize their own power. You know, I think oh, we all, sure. you know, we all have the ability to do these things. Of course, yes. some people maybe more than others, um, but you bring people through a couple of exercises to help them awaken that. Yeah. And it starts out, um, one of my favorite things about this book as a whole is that the ideas inside are so practical. They're not something that you can look at and kind of be like, I don't know what to do with that. And so working with the bees is really just a matter of a willingness to try. Or like if you're curious and be like, well, maybe they have a message for me today. And so the first part that I take readers through is just invite them into your world. We, we spend so much time, you know, swatting them away and just invite them in. And that can be as simple as a mental, you know, I invite you to join me today, or I'm curious about your ways. Um, it can also be something where you visualize them. Mm -hmm. And you bring people through a visualization in the book. So you have two really uh, great exercises, you know, really powerful practices that people can do. So do you have in your own life, have you incorporated, uh, um, you know, meditation practice into your regular routine or, or do you do it, you know, whenever you can? Uh, lately, things have been a little bit crazy. So it's been kind of like, I need, I need to do it whenever I can. But yeah. um, typically, it's a daily practice of just getting outside, connecting with the plants in my yard, connecting with the trees. Um, so much of it is centered on gratitude as well. That's so a great practice. That's a great practice to have to incorporate that. And I think it's nice that you're bringing people outside, you're, you're helping them to open up, you know, to these experiences. And I've found too, like just in doing meditation exercises myself, you know, I'll take a walk and kind of do a walking meditation and try to notice different colors or colors of flowers and plants and things like that. Just being able to notice and be more aware of the natural world. And it's, I think it's really helpful and we should all try to do that a little bit more. Yes, for sure. I agree. Get into that space. So were there any other uh, practices that, that you really liked in the book? You know, the one um, that's coming to mind, and I'm very brand new with it, is um, learning more about the human design. And I actually had had my first, um, well, not my first, but my more in-depth. I've had two human design readings, and I had more of an in-depth one yesterday. So um, that that is, I think, the one that I'm being drawn to right now. And what does that mean? I've never heard of that, a human design reading. <laughs> Oh, let's see. Um, if I'm going to explain this correctly in a way that is in alignment with everybody that does the work, um, 
we, we basically, it runs off similar to the chakra systems in the body. And each person has these nine different areas and some are defined and some are undefined. And the areas that are defined are those areas that um, basically they're, they're wide open and the areas that are, um, God. <laughs> I'm going into my brain cells here for a moment. <laughs> well, it's, it's hard to explain sometimes really, um, you know, esoteric stuff, you know, trying to explain that to other people. I've I just never had heard of a human design reading before. Well, what I've gotten out of it so far is that it, it's really going to take you into a deeper level of yourself. And if you're one of those that is on a path of personal development and you just want to know more about how you show up in the world and how things affect you. I mean, it was very affirming for me yesterday because I can't really speak on the details or the logistics of human design, but for 20 years, all these things have been going on and I had all of these things affirmed for me yesterday. So that was very, very cool. Wow. That sounds amazing. And people, you know, Google's your friend. If you want to look up human design and find yeah. out a little bit more about yes. that, you know, check it out because I think there's a lot of, a lot of things to learn in this world. So I'm curious just of your experience too. So we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, you've been working in this world for 20 years as a clairvoyant, a clairaudience and an empath and empaths are really having a moment, you know, recently over the past couple of years, I think people have pushed down the fact that they're sensitive or that maybe they were teased as a kid, you know, why are you crying? You know, you're too much, you feel too much, you know, you're just, you're too much. <laughs> a lot of people yeah, have, yes. have been told that, especially a lot, a lot of women where now I'm reading, um, you know, like there's Dr. Judith Orloff, um, Anita Morjani, a lot of other people are coming out and teaching that this is actually a superpower that mm -hmm. we have to be empaths. And was that your experience too growing up where did you, were you told like, you know, you're too sensitive. Why are you dramatic? Stop crying. Yes. <laughs> Things yes. like that. Yes. Um, so much. And it's, it's sad to the degree that, you know, you want to have the love from your parents that you feel that you deserve but they only can do the best that they know how to do at the time. And, and my dad didn't know how to handle my emotions. And so I was, you know, I was a moody, you know, I was a moody bitch to him. Right. And he couldn't handle it. And that taught me that I couldn't handle it. And I just, um, you know, he crossed over in 2018 and it was so beautiful to come to a place of like total compassion for where he was after going through my work and being able to forgive and understand. Right. It must've been hard for him. I, I had a similar experience with, with my dad, you know, he would never let his feelings be known, but then sometimes things would sneak out. He was actually a lot more sensitive than he let on. And maybe that might've been the case with your dad too. Like they just didn't know how to express it. So then when they're confronted with someone who's very emotional, you know, Oh, you're so moody and things like that. They, they right. don't know how to, how to deal with it. And then as adults, we can look back and, and have a little more empathy from, for whatever their experience was. 
you right. know, what, what they were dealing with. And you also say that you're a, you're clairvoyant and clairaudience and clairvoyance described as clear seeing, right? So you're able to, like, you were able to see those elementals. Yes. Right? And, yes. and have that experience. And clairaudient is a little different where you're, it's clear hearing, right? You're able to hear things. Yes. And, and I've experienced a little, a little bit of that myself. That's kind of interesting where I've heard kind of whispers, you know, um, calling my name and it, it's very, it's, it was very unnerving <laughs> at the time. And how do you experience that? How do you experience clear audience? Um, initially it came through as just like my own thoughts, like a stream of consciousness, so to speak. Um, and it was really tricky in the beginning because, you know, you think you're losing your mind. But I kept asking questions and kept asking for clarification. And I was journaling like a mad fool. So I started to put together pieces. And what I noticed is as I started to reach out more and started to trust more, they they showed them, they, the collective elemental um showed themselves in different ways so that it was very easy for me to know who I, who I was speaking to. Was I speaking to a single entity? Was I speaking to the collective? Um, and it's interesting how it came through because as an empath, like I would say that I hear the words, you know, I hear the words that they're telepathically sending to me, but then I would feel the energy of what or who was speaking. So it was almost like, I feel like I'm talking to, you know, fill in the blank. But it started out with me just hearing the the thoughts coming through. Right. But you were able to differentiate because you could feel like a, a masculine energy or a feminine energy. I bet yes. if we did this exercise, like if we blindfolded people and had a man stand next to you and a woman stand next to you, I bet you could feel that difference. Yes, for sure. You could. Even, you know, if they said nothing or did nothing and just kind of walked behind you or something like that, I bet you could feel the difference because it is, it's palpable, I think. Yes. That's it. That's so interesting. So you, you said you weren't brought up with any kind of religious tradition. So you wouldn't have heard from your parents like, oh, it's wrong to be interested in these kind of things or anything like that. No, um, we were the family that went to church only on Easter and there was, I don't know how it came through, but I had a fear of God. Like I was afraid of messing up and being sinful and all the things. I don't know where it came from. I don't know if it was, if it was just the energetic projection from my dad. Um, but I have no clue. It never came from anything, any experiences or anything verbally. You know, that's interesting. I think a lot of people have that fear. Well, I know they do. And I remember as a kid going to this really um, fundamentalist camp. I think my mother just wanted to get us out of the house. And it was like a day, a day thing. A neighbor was running it. They're like, oh, we're going to take the kids here and give them cookies or whatever. And they <laughs> brought us all into this big auditorium. And they're telling a bunch of like eight, nine, 10 year olds, what would happen if God came down and you were left behind? Oh my God. It was like, I was freaked out after that. So I was right. terrified. I was terrified of God for a long time. We're going to take a short break here and then come back and chat some more with Aaron Christine. 
and talk a little bit of uh, the Wild Woman's Book of Shadows and wherever whatever else comes up, we'll see what happens. Thanks for joining me. We'll be right back. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Be Present, the Diane Ray Show. I'm talking with Erin Christine and chatting about some of her work, her teachings, and some of the things she's experienced in her life. And she's written an amazing story that's part of a collection called The Wild Woman's Book of Shadows. And it was all collaborated here, or I guess that's the word, collaborated, correlated, gathered. <laughs> it was brought mm-hmm. together by a woman named Melissa Kim Corder. And it's 22 stories, 22 wild women from across the globe. Really interesting stuff. So I hope you pick it up. It's available at Amazon, your bookstore, or you could go to Aaron's site, erinchristine.org and grab that. So we're talking about just kind of uh, mystical experiences and and experiences we've had growing up. And I was sharing that, you know, a lot of people that have that, that fear of God, that someone's staring over you, the old man and the long white beard and, you know, you're doing wrong. And, you know, I had an experience where I was told what would happen, you know, the whole, the whole left behind um, revelations thing, what would happen if God came down and you were left behind? Well, I don't know. I guess I'm screwed. I'm left here with everybody else. But I think that's a scary thing to tell to tell kids, you know, those those stories. And then we spend our adult lives kind of believing it. And then as I got older, I grew to understand that I don't think that God acts that way or behaves that way or is reprimanding and, and hateful and, and sending us to hell. So things kind of shifted. I mean, did you find that growing up yourself, like as you explored a little bit more, you know, kind of what what your beliefs came to be that felt comfortable to you? Yes, but it took me into, um, I was 26 years old, I think, when it first started to really kind of gel in my system that I had a choice and that there was a loving presence out there. And, and because of the history with my own father, I chose to see God, to make God my heavenly father so that I could begin to create a new relationship. And ultimately, I know that that's what led to me being able to forgive my own dad. Right. And you're able to kind of reframe those those fears and thoughts and stories and realize that it is it is all love and that we're yeah. not you know, going to go down there with the guy in the pitchfork and all that. At least I don't, I don't think that's true. (laughs) I don't, I don't think that that's happening. So I want to ask you about some of the other interesting um, modalities that you've mastered and you're teaching. So you're a licensed massage therapist and you do something called toe reading. 
and I've heard of this, but I, I don't understand, you know, how that works. Um, is it like, is it tied in with reflexology or how, yes. how can you kind of, uh, you know, dive in any information from a toe? So um, going through the massage program, I learned that we carry we carry our traumas in our bodies, like in the cells and in our tissues, we will hold on to traumatic experiences. And the feet hold all of our stories and our secrets. And the more I got into, um, I was specializing in reflexology and toe reading, really, they, they go hand in hand, I guess, foot in foot. Um, but they really... There's so much that can be learned from that. What I noticed, though, that is that people, um, most folks don't like having their feet touched or talked about or looked at. And that just made it more clear for me that these are the things that people are trying to hide. These are the things that cause people pain, the things that they haven't been able to look deeper into. But it'll show up in in the toes and each toe runs off of a different element and based on the element and where it's showing up and just and everybody's you know obviously going to present differently so each reading is unique that's so interesting i'd like to have that done one time i've never had a toe reading but it all makes sense especially if you learn a little bit about chinese medicine and the meridians and things mm -hmm. like that and how yes. everything's connected and really our feet like if you think about it how much you know pressure and and uh damage or abuse you know that they take just carrying us around every yes. day you know and i think it's great that That's you're great. working with the body and i believe that like you know, there's a lot of uh, somatic practitioners out there and people that work with you to release those pain. And you hear that saying, the issues in the tissues, mm -hmm. you know, how we hold on to things and doing the work that you're doing, you know, you're able to help people release that. I saw something that, that really struck me recently on Netflix. There's a, a documentary about the comedian Daryl Hammond. I don't know if you know who that guy is. Remember mm -hmm. Bill Clinton from Saturday Night Live? This is from maybe about 10, 15 years ago, but he ended up going through this horrible abuse as a child and had to do that kind of work, somatic therapy and, and working through, you know, getting all of that pain out. Um, and it was just interesting watching his journey, but um, I'm reading a lot uh, out with different teachers and, and on the internet of the work that's being done with that kind of therapy. And so you do that with the massage too. It does it on its own. I mean, people go to get a massage because, you know, they've got a sore back or they're feeling stiff or they just want to relax, but the work, it's going to happen whether they're aware of it or not. Right. And then they get up and they're, they just feel so much lighter. Or sometimes they have a complete breakdown on the table and that's part of it as well. Wow. And what do you do when that happens? Just try to like really gently, you know, work them through it. Yeah, honestly, I, I just hold the space and I, I really, um, so much of the body work has become intuitive for me and I will just honor wherever they're at and each, you know, each person is different. So it just, some people just want you to be there and hold their hand. Other times I might get 
a hit to ask them a question. Um, but basically just give them permission to just do what they need to do because most of us have never been given permission to feel our feelings and to claim the space that big emotions take up and that they, you know, big emotions deserve to have big space. And I don't believe that most of us have had that. Right. We're told to just shut up, you know, stop crying, stiff upper lip and all that, especially boys. Yes. You know, they're, they're told not to, not to feel any of those things. So we walk around, you know, clenched up and, and holding all that stuff. It's crazy. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about Reiki because I think, you know, people tend to like, sometimes they'll dismiss it. How can anything be happening? You're not touching anybody. You know, the idea of energy healing or energy work sometimes can be blown off, but I think it's really powerful. And I had a Reiki uh, treatment a few years ago. And up until that point, I was kind of skeptical of how it would work or if I would feel anything. And I was really amazed at how I could feel things moving around in, in my body, you know, while I was having the treatment. She was really good. And when you study Reiki, I mean, is it true that you're kind of learning a lineage passed down from a certain teacher when you learn yes. Reiki? Yes. And how did you get introduced to doing that kind of work? Oh, it's going back into that cloudy time. I was doing a lot of work with Sonny Don Johnston and um, started my Reiki journey with her. And going back to, again, just the curiosity of wanting to know more, just continually asking questions and showing up at places where I didn't have a clue what I was walking into. But when I left, I, I was changed. I knew I had been changed. And so, how long have you been studying that? Because it takes a while, right? I mean, don't you have to, when you're working with someone who's a, a Reiki master, then they kind of pass along the, the knowledge to you? Yes. And, and it, 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 but it takes a while, right? I mean, to, to learn all of that. It does. And I, uh, that was about 2003 when I began that process. And that's really yes. can be really powerful working with people with that, that modality with Reiki. Yes, because it's um, a lot of people don't necessarily want to be touched. So I know when I initially started the massage program, I didn't want people touching me. So I loved the idea of having energy work done because you didn't have to remove any of your clothes and people, you know, you weren't letting people into your space in a way that felt invasive or uncomfortable. And when you work with people, do you ever get um, someone who feels uncomfortable because in certain passages in the Bible, it'll say, you know, like I think Leviticus and Deuteronomy are rife with those kind of um, passages, you know, don't turn to mediums or necromancers or things like that. I mean, I guess someone who believe who believes in, in that wouldn't come to you. Right. I mean, do, have you ever talked to people that have those, those kind of fears? If I, I, I don't think so. I, I know I have reached out, um, to the people like my followers on social media asking questions, but to kind of clarify and they would share with me Bible verses and things like that, because I was, I wanted to be in a space where I could explain to people, you know, that came to me, you know, this is actually what's going on. 
And I've never had anybody that came to me and didn't leave feeling better or clearer. Right, right. So you probably wouldn't have run into people with those kind of those kind of hangups or, or beliefs, really. You know, you, you hope that you don't, but at the same point in time, part of me hopes that I do because it's it's a shift that needs to be voiced. Do you know what I mean? It's not, right. and it's taken me a lot of years and a lot of courage to be able to say, yes, you know, you can believe in Jesus and the scriptures can touch you in profound ways, but this is also true right here. And it's, it's one and the same. It's one yeah. and the same. I, I think so too. I mean, I, I can see where if people are brought up in that tradition and, and that's great, like whatever, you know, whatever works, but to be open to at least learning more, you know, and maybe if working with you could get them more in, in touch with their bodies and be a little bit more comfortable. Right. For sure. Well, and truly, I mean, you're going to find dark entities, no matter what religion you go into, there's dark energy wherever you go. So it doesn't, if you come from the light, you're always going to be in the light and be able to keep that around you. So do you think that there is truly evil people in the world? Is, is that, have you ever encountered someone where you felt that they were really dark or do you just think someone who maybe we would look at and consider that an evil person, they are just kind of consumed in a dark energy? I, I don't believe in evil people. I just think that they didn't get enough love. They, they don't know, you know, I didn't get the love that I needed growing up, but I had to learn how to get that for myself. And I had to trust new people coming into my world that would show me ways to do that. And I think that with people that do evil things that they haven't had that experience. Right. Right. They just needed more love. That's true. So you mentioned Sunny Dawn and I, I know her, I've, I've worked with her in the past. Who were some of the other teachers that have really made an impact? Oh, Gosh, most of them, honestly, I've never met face to face. Sunny Dawn has been um, probably the biggest influencer. Um, Melissa, I've been following Melissa since I met her, and she's been a huge teacher for me. And, you know, we kind of lost touch for some years while I went through a space and she was growing her business, but I always, she was always there. And I was still learning from her and I'm still learning from her today. So she was really your main, uh, you know, influence and teacher kind of coming up. I would say, yeah, I, cause honestly it's gotten to a point where I've, I'm so tuned in to my own source, my own guides that I don't reach out to too many people. I have to be really strongly compelled to reach out to get a reading or get a healing. And so I have kind of a, just a, a small circle. Mm -hmm. And any books that really stuck with you when you were coming up, like anything you read? Oh goodness. Um, my all time favorite is you can heal your life by Louise Hay. Yes. Um, it's that's, a classic. That, that's <laughs> like, that's like a bedside table book, you know? Um, 
God, I've got so many books and they're, none of them are coming to mind. Right. Well, Louise is always a, a good one to reference. And I always recommend that one to people. And it's funny. I mean, I worked, I worked for Louise for a long time, for 11 years uh, for her company. And I know that book came out in the eighties and I, I reread it again, even just recently. And it always amazes me how it still holds up, you know, the, the information it's, it doesn't seem dated really to me. Makes sense. Well, I think because we're always going through, we're always uh, cycling through a new layer of our healing. So all of, you know, that wisdom is timeless. Right. We're always, we're always works in progress. That's for sure. I mean, <laughs> totally. I, I see it, I see it in myself. It's funny. Like one of the reasons I even named this show, Be Present uh, is just, it's something I'm always trying to force myself to do because it's very difficult sometimes for me to stay in that moment and just kind of worry about what I'm doing here. Cause I come from a long line of warriors. My mother was a classic warrior. Her mother, you know, was always wringing her hands about something. And <laughs> so I, you know, keep those patterns and I'm, I'm really fascinated with family of origin stuff. I think it's so interesting. So I, I look at it in myself. Um, so yeah, I just try to use that as a little reminder to keep, keep myself here, you know, cause we're mm -hmm. always so worried about what's happening tomorrow. Right. You know, instead of trying to deal with what's going on here. So what do you think you're going to be doing, you know, in the future? I mean, are you working on any new books or courses? Uh, I know you've got clients that you see. I am actually working on my very own book and, my plan, God willing, is that it will be released before the end of 2021. Nice. And what's that going to be based on that, just your work or? That book is called Born This Fae. And it's about how to connect with the fairy realm. And it's it's basically going to be a very um, tools and practices of how to live as an empath and those that are curious about working with the elemental realm, you know, cause I have gotten to a point where I feel like they've changed my DNA. I, I don't even feel normal anymore. And I know there are more of me out there. So the book will be filled with ways to be in this world, how, how to be in this world and feel somewhat normal. <laughs> right. It's well, it's a struggle. I'm, I, I, don't feel normal half the time myself. So do you think that that elemental realm is just maybe like another consciousness that we're, we just don't see that we're not able to access unless we really try or pay attention to it? Yes. And I would say initially, because most people, I think when they want to connect with spirit, they look heaven, heavenward. And working with the elemental realm requires you to look downward. So it requires you to, you're going to be looking at your shadows. You're going to be looking at your pain. And not a lot of people want to do that. <laughs> no. So, you know, the fairies, working with fairies are very joyful and light and fun. But the real work comes when you get into your shadow. That I love to talk about shadow stuff. Shadow to me is amazing. Everybody's dark side, because we all have it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm really fascinated in, in exploring that. Did you ever read The Dark Side of the Light Chasers, Debbie Ford? No, I did not. That That's a good one. 
I could recommend that. She did a lot of work in her career on the shadow, you know, because you're right. We don't like to look at it. We don't like to look at ourselves in that way and really take that critical eye and see, you know, why are we, why are we doing the things we do? What are the fears and the beliefs that we're holding on to? For sure. Keeping us stuck in that way. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so great that you're out there in the world. So have you started the book yet, or this is just something that you're, you're I have started planning. it. I have started it and um, actually had joined a mastermind group with the publisher of the Wild Woman book. So I've been in the middle of that and I have fallen off the wagon a little bit, but I had to recommit about a week ago. So I will be taking a lot of time to write over the next several weeks. Well, it's a process. I don't know how people even can write books. <laughs> and I worked at a publisher for years and I would always just, wow, how did you do that? It's like giving birth, you know, so it it's takes, totally like giving birth. Yeah. It takes time, you know, to get all of that together. Right. So that you're able to present it out, out into the world, but working with masterminds and things like that is a great way to, you know, hone your ideas and, and get things out there. And you said you do a lot of journaling. Is that helpful to kind of get, get things flowing? Uh, it is very helpful. And honestly, it's been the only thing that has saved me. Um, the book that I'm working on has been over 10 years in the making. And so I've been journaling just this entire time in this space of um, wondering, you know, why can't I get this book written? Why can't I get this book written? But going back to the process of it, it wasn't time. There's really a profound timing piece in writing a book because the journey to get from, you know, the title to the last page is hugely healing and transformational. Right. Did you find that over the time of the lockdown? And I mean, we're still dealing with you know, the pandemic in one, one form or another, where, wherever we are, what was that, was that helpful or how, how were you able to make that shift during, you know, the height of it? It's very interesting that you asked that because I was working a nine to five job that I just quit at the end of May. So I was working, I was one of the essential grocery workers at Costco and I worked through the entire thing and I did the things that I knew to stay sane of getting out in nature as best I could. But other than that, I, I wasn't doing anything more than journaling. Wow. So you were still working through that whole, that whole period. Yes. And dealing with all those people's energy as an empath. I mean, cause I freak <laughs> out at Costco. <laughs> yes, I don't know how yes. you could do that, you know, work being there working, you know, it's gotta be tough. Is there like a quick practice you could share with us? Like being, being an empath, is there kind of a, a shielding um, visualization or something you could tell people where, you know, if you're in that situation where you're around a lot of aggravated people or you, you feel that something's going to escalate, you know, is there a way to kind of shield yourself from that? Um, the thing that helped me a lot, especially when I was still working there was I would just put a hand over my heart and just take in a super slow, deep breath, just, and just, and however many times I needed to do that, I did. And that has been, I mean, we can always visualize white light around us. We can call on Archangel Michael and envision, you know, being bubbled up in his blue energy, but 
for someone that I, I would say it's someone that's brand new to my work, that's looking for something just very easy and right there that doesn't require too much of going into the ethers for, just put a hand over your heart and breathe. That's a good one. Deep breathing always helps. So when you just meet people, do you kind of keep this part of your life a little to yourself at first? <laughs> uh, yes. Um, yes. Short answer. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it depends. Um, I can feel people out really quickly. So depending on the situation that I'm in, I might say something or yeah. <laughs> so you can tell, I mean, you could probably tell at this point, you know, who's open to receiving some kind of information or who wouldn't be, you know, really receptive. So you, you can tell. I, yes. And one of the things, um, several years, not even several years ago, a few years ago that I would do to help me get through my workday was I would put glitter all over my face and I would go to work and it would invariably bring, you know, whoever was supposed to cross my path that day and they'd get up in my face and they'd be like, Oh my gosh, you have glitter all over your face. And I would say, Oh, it's my superpower. Or, Oh, you know, my fairy godmother sprinkles it on me when I sleep at night, I would say something. And after that, I could gauge by how they engaged me if we were going to have a conversation or not. Oh, very clever. That's a good <laughs> idea. Cause it's kind of a pattern interrupt, you know, because they'll be talking to you and then it'll register, wait a minute, she's got glitter all over her face, <laughs> you know, yes. kind of taking them out of whatever they were, they were thinking about, yes. you know, originally, that's a great idea and fun too. Well, it's been really fun talking with you. We're just kind of wrapping up here to the last minute, but I think you've got so much information to offer on your website, erinchristine.org. And you're based in Arizona, right? Judging from the thunder boom we heard a, a little bit earlier. Yes. Um, so people there, can, we, we are, we are transitioning to Colorado, um, come next spring. Oh, okay. So, so will you be doing, um, teaching and stuff remotely online? I will have to learn how to do that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome to the joy of zoom. You'll, you'll find that out really quickly, you know, zooms, Facebook lives and all that. But I think that that's actually a positive that's come out of the pandemic. I think it's forced a lot of people that were really technophobes to yes. have to learn how to do it. And trust me, I'm not the most technical or computer savvy or technical person by any means, but you, it kind of forces you into that zone where you may feel uncomfortable and you learn it. You just do, <laughs> yes, you have you do. to, <laughs> you know, you're, you're forced, but you'll, you'll get it and you'll learn it. So people can find you. They can go to erinchristine.org and maybe do a remote session or get their questions answered. Is that the best place? Uh, yes. Yeah, that is the best place. And they can also get the book, which I urge people to do because I think it's so fun. The Wild Woman's Book of Shadows, a magical guide of rituals and practices for living an enchanted life, which we all deserve to live. I think there is magic in the world and, and we need to get out there and seek it. So thank you so yes. much for joining us today and, and talking thank to you. the Unity thank crowd. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Hi, I'm Liz Winter and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.